0: local sports leader. Suns insider, Kellen Olson joins Burns and Gambo to talk Phoenix Suns basketball.
1: Hey, Kevin. Uh, Kellen Olsen, Arizona Sports. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the Valley. Uh, oh, yeah. Can you say it again? I'm Kellen. Welcome to the Valley. Nice to meet you.
0: Courtside with Kellen. Brought to you by Southwest Gas. Committed to exceeding expectations today while innovating sustainable solutions for tomorrow.
2: Our weekly visit with our Suns guru from ArizonaSports.com, Kellen Olson. Kellen, good to talk to you on this Friday. I know normally we're a Thursday with you, but good to have you on. How are you doing?
1: What's up, guys? Doing well.
2: Good, good. Um, we just got done. We'll, we'll talk about the Suns specific in last night and everything, you know, our observations about that. But we just got done having this conversation about this convoluted, complicated five through nine right now in the Western Conference. Is there anything in particular you're looking at going into these final three days of games in terms of what it means for the sun's opposition like for example i'm looking tonight at the kings and the warriors because i want the warriors to get eliminated i don't want them to be the five seed i want somebody else anybody else other than them that's my example do you have an example of what you're looking for tonight going into this weekend's games
1: Something that's come up for me that I don't think I've heard anyone talk about yet is the Suns' choice to play their starters last night and rest their starters tonight because let's say they do the reverse and they play their starters tonight and then they beat the Lakers. The Lakers are almost certainly going to be in the play-in at that point and you take the Lakers and put them in a spot from going into 5-6 to putting them potentially in the play-in now. A lot of this has to do with the fact that I still respect the Lakers quite a bit. I respect LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and respect the fact that they could win the West. If I had to pick my top four teams, if I had to pick the four I that I expect the most to come out of the West, the Lakers would be one of my four teams. And I'm not surprised, but I thought there was an opportunity for the Suns tonight to kind of take control of that a bit and put them in the play-in. And and look, if they go in the play-in and they make it out of it, then they would still be the seven or potentially the eight, and they could give the Nuggets one heck of a test in the first round. So I thought that there was something there specifically involving the Suns and the Lakers, but I'm with you, Golden State on the road, We, we think and assume, because they're playing against teams that have nothing to play for, but I mean, it's been a battle for them on the road all year.
0: Let's talk about the, you know, the one thing that does make a little sense, because the starters playing, and I do want to touch on Chris Ball, but let me start with campaign. He didn't play the last game. He was the first guy off the bench last night. What do you see Monty experimenting with with the bench?
1: What I see, Gambo, is looking toward the postseason minute totals, and what I mean by that is Kevin Durant is going to play 40-plus minutes. Devin Booker is going to play 40-plus minutes. Chris Ball is going to be somewhere between – 36 to 40. So with that doesn't come a lot of time where you would need someone like campaign and anyway like there are going to be playoff games where campaign plays if he's, he is in the rotation still. He plays like 5 or 6 minutes and it's not going to do with how poorly or how well he's playing. It's just going to do with the fact that they've got other ball handlers out there. So when Landry Shamit is out there with Devin Booker. Devin Booker's running a lot more of the offense than he would be if he was out there with campaign because you want campaign on the ball more. I think it's just looking for strengths in different areas. I think we're going to see them tweaking some more of that as the season uh, comes to a close later this week.
2: Did you read anything into Landry getting those minutes earlier in the week and campaign not playing as, as some sort of a, you know, kind of Monty trying something on different for size to see how it looked?
1: Yeah, I just read it into sort of what I just talked about there in that you look at campaign and the strengths that he provides. One of his biggest strengths, if not the biggest strength, is his on-ball playmaking, his on-ball slashing, and all that kind of stuff. But if he's out there with Devin Booker or Kevin Durant or Chris Paul, in the playoffs, those guys are going to be the primary options for the offense, and, and they just can't, and, and quite honestly, they should be. Cam's a good shooter, and, and I think that he is – I don't know if I would classify him as a good defender, but I think that he brings energy defensively. I think the difference between him and Landry there is Landry's a bit better on the ball and he brings more size. So if the Suns want to continue switching on defense like they normally do, that's where you can have Landry Shamit out there and you can switch a bit more easily where Cam's size catches up to him a bit. And if you want to change things up a little bit differently, you throw Damian Lee out there and you get more shooting out there. You throw Terrence Ross out there to get more shooting out there. Or you throw Ish Wainwright out there to get more defensive versatility in line with kind of what what Shamit brings as well. So I think that there are different options that they can present now with these 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th guys because of the minute allocation what it's going to go with. The little wrinkle that they've been adding lately is that Chris Paul has been starting the second and fourth quarters now with Kevin Durant the last couple of games. That's completely intentional, just like these looks here, to see how it looks with Point Book with Shaman alongside him.
0: Yeah, I love what we're seeing out of Chris Paul, and I'm one of those guys that truly believes they need Chris Paul if they're going to win a championship, that they can't do it with KD and Book alone, that Chris has to play well. What's fascinating about Chris is that he is taking those open three-point shots. He's hunting them. He's getting them. He's getting the switches. There was a great switch last night where he got an NJ on him, and he, and, he, and he put up the three. But it's interesting to look at some of the assist numbers, two assists, three assists, six assists, seven assists. We're so used to Chris not scoring, and then having 13, 14 assists, 12 assists in a game. And now we're seeing Chris score, and we've seen some super low assist numbers, but that's clearly because of everybody else's ability to play make on that team.
1: Yeah, and and adding Kevin Durant, right, because when we started the season and we were looking at changes for this team coming in, one of them was that Chris Paul was going to play off the ball in a way he hadn't before in his career. We were looking at that when Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson were on this team and Jay Crowder was on this team. But now when Kevin Durant comes into the fold, that's going to put him off the ball even more. You just look at the way that they've changed their offense a little bit. They're slowing it down a bit more and running those mid-post isolations for Kevin Durant, which doesn't really trigger a lot of movement until he gets double-teamed, but it's effective because you're getting Kevin Durant the ball the sweet spot where 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 he's just extremely effective. And that will trigger ball rotations, which leads to Chris getting those threes. And a lot of the time, he's the guy that has to take the shot. He's been taking it, and he's been knocking it down. And, and that's a less traditional way of going about offense in the way that they normally do, but adapting to the way that Kevin Durant can really help their team. And Chris is going to benefit from that. You look at the way that they spammed the same play three straight possessions in OKC and then they did it again last night that was all off of the gravity that those four guys bring and Chris In all of those situations didn't get to take the shot because they were worried about him running into a wide open 14 foot pull-up because that type of play that they were running that's what it's primarily designed to bring but then if he's covered and DeAndre's role is covered that means Kevin Durant's open in the weak side corner if Kevin's covered that means DeAndre is probably open Devin Booker has space at the top sometimes too we saw all of those dynamics kind of play out over those examples and it just speaks to how this new look of the offense with Durant in there is going to help open up space for someone whether it's Paul, Durant, Aiden, or Booker
2: Kellen Olson, our son's guru from ArizonaSports.com, his weekly visit with us here on the Burns and Gambo Show, so we know the plan tonight the core four is going to sit, we don't know the plan for Sunday Uh, do you have, A, do you have a guess as to the plan on Sunday, and then B, not to minimize your guess, Kellen, but does it really matter what the plan is on Sunday for this team with those guys?
1: I don't see uh, a reason why they should play, to be honest. The only reason for them to play would be to build continuity with Kevin Durant, but they just got that opportunity to do it last night, and they didn't really seize it at all. I think that the coaching staff and Monty specifically put them out there thinking – Just that, right? Like they were going to get to build a little bit more. And I think that the clutch time example that I brought up was a good example of a two to three minute stretch that was valuable for them to get. But outside of that, they didn't gain anything from it really at all. and didn't take advantage of the opportunity. So I wouldn't understand giving them the opportunity on Sunday with the very, very, very small risk of someone getting hurt. And and the fact that the game is basically out there. For nothing. It's going to be interesting to see how everything develops tonight and tomorrow because that could be a game that the Clippers still need. So that's where I kind of get back to the same thing I was talking about the Lakers, where if the Suns win that game and it puts the Clippers in the play-in, well, okay, do you want to dictate the matchup here? That's where things can start to get a little bit interesting, but we won't know until that day. And I think the Suns want to do that would probably be getting too big for your britches, right? You kind of want to focus on yourself first, and if. They need rest, and they would prefer rest, and that's what they should take. But if it's a either-or kind of thing, and they could knock the Clippers into the play, and it's maybe something that they should consider, or if it's the other end, and they would love to play the Clippers, sit everyone, let them win.
0: What's your preference as a starter, Josh Okoji or Tori Craig? Josh, February it was Josh to me because he was hitting three pointers at an unbelievable level. But now he's dropped back to earth. You know him and Tori are very, very equal with what their three pointers are. Tory gives you more length. Josh maybe a little bit better on the ball. What do you think? The uh, what do you think? It's matchup related or they got a preference there?
1: I think that it's Josh Okoge for sure, Gambo, just because every team is going to have a threat that is bringing the ball up the court and someone is going to have to guard that guy. It's not going to be Chris Paul or Devin Booker. It's not going to be Kevin Durant or DeAndre. It's going to be that fifth guy. And I think Josh is the most equipped to guard that guy. You look at potential matchups coming later. You've got the top four seats. You just run them down, right? John Morant. You've got De'Aaron Fox. You've got Jamal Murray. And then potentially at the five, you've got the Golden State Warriors with Steph. There could be a matchup with New Orleans where C.J. McCollum is there. There's going to be some someone out there that, that's a guard that is going to be a, pose a problem to you, and that's what Josh can do, is really just like arguably the best defender on the team. I think that he brings that, but the more interesting question is who closes the game, and if you're looking at a situation where Josh's offense isn't there, or the defensive game plan from the opposition is predicated on giving that guy space, that's where you say, okay... Do we throw Terrence Ross out there even with the defensive shortcomings? Do we throw TJ Warren out there? There are different kind of uh, adjustments there to be made and I think that's why uh, it's important for uh, fans to understand in the moment that when postseason comes around we are not going to see these are the eight or nine guys that are playing every single night. We're still going to see Monty adjust based on the game because of the trust that he's built with these guys and what they've shown throughout the course of the season that he can throw a certain guy out there based on what the matchup is presenting and I think for that fifth spot, that's what it's going to come with. But he's been so integral to everything that they do, particularly defensively, that I would be very surprised if Kogi at some point isn't starting for them over the course of the postseason.
2: All right, good stuff, Kellen. As always, we look forward to reading your stuff all weekend. It's going to be a wild weekend trying to figure out how the West sorts itself out. We'll uh, keep up with your stuff on ArizonaSports.com all weekend. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. Kellen Olsen joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line.